Hi, my name is Elena O'Brien, and in today's podcast, we're going to be exploring anger as a form of resistance. In the uses of anger, Women Responding to Racism by Audre Lord, it talks about how anger can be used to fuel the change much needed in the world today. Racism is the source of anger. In this article, she explains how holding that anger inside of you will do nothing but bottle up and will eventually explode. She claims this to be very ineffective and is more negative for the individual than anything else. She also feels anger can be used towards more positive ways of expression, which is action. Action is a form of expression, and it's also a way to give yourself the okay to release that emotion. I'm now going to share a quote from the article that really spoke to me, was very powerful, and also felt like it set the mood for the rest of the article. Lord claims anger expressed and translated into action in the service of our vision and our future is a liberating and strengthening act of clarification. For it is in the painful process of this translation that we identify who are our allies, with whom we have grave differences, and who are our genuine enemies. I feel this quote is specifically relevant to society today with everything going on with the Black Lives Matters movement, Breonna Taylor's murder, and the many murders of others after her, which we will talk about later in the podcast. I really liked how she started the paper talking about her own experiences and just being completely raw and vulnerable. And by doing this, I think it made her more credible, like it gave her more credibility to be writing the paper. And it also kind of gave some some background knowledge of her experiences, what she's kind of gone through or witnessed in everyday life. We saw anger as a form of resistance today in 2020. So what really started the Black Lives Matters movement this year was the death of Breonna Taylor, which was not only a death, it was a murder. It was a murder committed by law enforcement. Brianna Taylor was murdered March 13, 2020, here in Louisville, Kentucky. She died in her house. Law enforcement showed up to her house. It was dark out. It was late. They barged in without any announcement of who they were or why they were there. And, of course, it was the middle of the night, so they, they were scared. You know, they thought someone was invading their home. So, of course, guns were pointed, and it's still not really sure who fired the first shot but shots were fired her boyfriend hid behind her and shots were just going crazy shots were going through the walls the neighbor's walls you know Brianna Taylor got shot eight or so times it was just horrible on top of all that they didn't find anything they had no proof that she was actually involved with any of the things they were accusing her of and they arrested her boyfriend of course and interviewed him try to tell him what to say to the media to, that will make law enforcement look good. So, of course, this made the media go absolutely crazy. It was totally wrong. Everybody knew it was wrong. Even law enforcement knew they were in the wrong, but they never tried to apologize. They never tried to admit what was actually done. So this is when protesting really became big. People were Everybody was going out there, doing what they could, showing up for Breonna Taylor, showing up for justice, and honestly, it went on for months, what felt like years, and, you know, at the end of it, we still didn't get any justice. But that's how the people were using anger as a form of resistance. The anger made them show up, the anger made them act, it just fueled them completely. It fueled them to be there every day and 
put countless hours into protesting and making signs and walking even after she didn't receive the justice that she so much deserved. With that being said, there were black people who felt like they had to explain to white people as to why this was such a big problem and why this was an example of systematic racism. When all of this was going on, there were people who completely understood her story, knew who was in the wrong, why they were in the wrong, what they had done. But there was also the other side of audience who knew it was wrong, but didn't really understand how this is an example of systematic racism. With that being said, there were black people who felt like they had to explain to white people as to why this was such a big problem and why this was an example of systematic racism. This is a problem because black people shouldn't have, or any any person of color should not have to explain racism or their experience of racism to another white person. They also shouldn't have to educate us about how to fix it. Instead, we as privileged people need to educate ourselves because the the fact that we in society have expected them to teach us on top of how to fix it, it's not their responsibility. Racism should not be put back on them to teach it to us. We are to educate ourselves. Lord then brings up the uses of anger. So she mainly focused on the white women and women of color relationship. So the ways white women can work towards ending systematic racism is to do the research, educate themselves on racism, and then go out and create the change much needed in society today. Another crucial point she brought up in the article is how we have to connect with each other through our social locations. She believes so full-heartedly that one woman's oppression is the oppression of all women. If it isn't a victory for one of us, it isn't a victory for all of us. Lord believes we are all connected, especially through our social location. We need to lose those controlling images and come together, no matter the social location. For example, the women's suffrage movement was very focused on white women. Lord claims the mainstream women's movements were based on white women's concerns, issues, and problems, and the issues of the women of color were not even considered. This is where the problem is. There is no woman whose voice shouldn't be heard. Lord claims the mainstream communication does not want women, more particularly white women, responding to racism. It wants racism to be accepted as a given in the fabric of your existence, like evening time or the calming cold. So, to break that down a little bit, what Lord was meaning by that is the mainstream basically wants racism to be a part of our daily lives, as if nothing's wrong. White men have always wanted women to stay out of it, forgetting that we are all each other. We are all connected. One of our gifts of living this life is the beauty of being able to connect with people around you everywhere. She then goes on to explain that it's not the hatred between us, but rather a strong leveled hatred against all women, people of color, lesbian, gay community, and poor people. It's against all of us who are seeking to examine the particulars of our lives as we resist our oppressions, moving toward coalition and effective action. Lord believes that we are taught to view any differences other than sex as a reason for destruction. Black women and white women need to face each other's anger without denial 
immobility, silence, or guilt. This implies peers to meet upon a common basis to examine differences and to alter those distortions which separate us. I loved how she described her own definitions of hatred and anger because they are not anywhere near the same, especially in this context, but if not understood, they can be confused as the same, especially with a topic as sensitive and misunderstood as racism. She described hatred as the furry of those who do not share our goals, and its objective is death and despair. Now, this definition may seem a little intense or over-exaggerated, but we have seen how this hatred has acted out with the police brutality and how death and despair has been the outcome of this hatred. This hatred was between police officers, the system, towards people of color. She then describes anger as a grief of distortions between peers and it's the objective of change. With them now being explained, you can see, especially with her definitions, you can see how they are completely not the same. Anger can be used towards change. It can be used to fuel change. Although it is grief, that grief, the emotion can be bottled or it can be used to fuel the change, to make you act. Versus hatred, it's more of like the outcome of mistreatment, the outcome of people who don't have the same agreements, the people who just don't understand their privilege. Now, some people may argue that hatred can be the fuel to change, but Lord does not agree. Lord claims that hatred is shared with the people who do not have the same goals and want destruction and want to separate us. That's hatred. On the other hand, guilt is not a response to anger. It is a response to one's own actions or lack of action. We saw this in the Black Lives Matters movement and protest. The protesters or the people felt like they weren't being heard. So that's when destruction became the next action. Now, the media, more specifically the news, saw this as something horrible. They People are ruining our city, blah, blah, blah. But what they didn't understand, what they didn't analyze in that thought was why it was happening. It was happening because they had been protesting. They had been peacefully protesting for so long and they were still getting tear gassed. No justice had been served. The police who killed her, who were responsible for killing her, weren't arrested. And so... Basically, they felt like what they were doing just didn't matter. So they thought, what's going to make them matter? And they were already, this anger was already there. They were already furious. And on top of that, they weren't being heard. So that's when they next moved to destruction. Because if they aren't being heard, then that's the only way they could be heard. With that being said, in conclusion... I personally really enjoyed this article. I felt even though it wasn't that long, it was still very powerful. The words she said just stuck with me. And sometimes I just had to read a couple statements over again. But it's not only powerful, it's very educational for people who 
don't really understand racism or the side of oppression that people of color do, especially women of color do. Like this article is even more relevant today, especially in 2020 with the events that have happened this year, the inequality that's going on, the mistreatment, you know, all of the people being angry. I feel like it's not just the information that she presents is not just useless information. It's actually very useful and it can be used and expressed through action today. The audience for this article could really be anyone, but I think her main targeted audience was definitely white women or anyone of white privilege because it just talked a lot about the action, the education, what we need to do. But I also think it could be relevant to really anybody who wants to educate themselves on women's movements, racism issues, the connection between all of it. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I hope you were able to make the connection between Lord's article and with what's actually going on today with the Black Lives Matters movement and how it's relevant. If you would like to know more about Breonna Taylor and her story, Apple Podcasts has a good one called The Killing of Breonna Taylor. Now there's two parts, part one and part two, but I listened to them. I highly suggested I liked it a lot. And basically what it talked about is what was being said on social media, the conversation on social media versus the conversation in the news, what was being said on the news, and it kind of compared the two. And I also liked how it gave some feedback of what her life was before, what was going on in her life before, what was going on in her life around the time the incident happened, and then it also explained what happened after the fact. Now, if you aren't really into podcasts, you don't really listen to podcasts, and it's just not your thing, then that's completely okay. New York Times has an article discussing Breonna Taylor, and um, it's just a quick read. They just give a rundown, a very quick rundown of the story of what happened to her. Now, it is maybe not the exact same story but it does give a quick summary of what happened so that's also another way you can educate yourself about her if you don't know much about it or you want to know more although I do want to acknowledge that the podcast wasn't really necessarily easy to listen to because just the fact of what happened to her actually happened just is surreal it just seems unreal that that was even a thing that it even happened So I do just want to acknowledge that and put that out there. So if you would be interested in reading the article that I've um, got this knowledge from, it's again called The Uses of Anger, Women Responding to Racism by Audre Lorde. I would definitely consider checking it out, seeing if you can find it online anywhere, because it's definitely something to read. If you have any questions or you wanted to discuss what I've talked about in this podcast, feel free to reach out to me. I'll put my number or my email in the description box, whichever you prefer. But please, no hate. Um, But if you would like to educate me on knowledge that you have, um, then feel free. I'm always open ears for that.